What's up, men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's happening? And we are, uh, man, we are, we're living it right now. I mean, we've got baseball season full force. Yep. You've got basketball playoffs going on. kind of weird, but play-in games and all that. But yeah, it's playoffs. Yeah. And I assume, so we're recording this last night. The Lakers played the uh, the Warriors. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, they uh, snuck out of there. Yeah. Barely. Yeah, we were texting a, lot a little of, bit about that a lot, game. A lot of eye drops and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of drama in that can, game. But can I get you to call it a flop? No, no doubt, no doubt. And I yeah. agreed to it. I no, said it was a did. flop, and we we laughed because I was yeah. like, okay, it is getting ridiculous. Like, yeah. I, I I get the selling of it, but you, you got the call. Like, right. stop selling it. Right. Like, I, so I agree with you there, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's a bit much at times. Right. But, uh, yeah, basketball season is baseball season, and even though I'm a Rangers fan, I like to watch baseball. And, uh, and you went I, to a game live. I did. I got to go to the new stadium in Texas, and yeah. it, was, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome, and they won, which was doubly awesome. Yeah, it's even better. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. And, it, man, a baseball game's on. You don't have to twist my arm to get me to watch a baseball game. No. Like, I will I – I do sermon prep with a baseball game on in the background. Two teams I don't even care about. <laughs> Like, Pittsburgh's playing Cincinnati. I, I've got no care about that game, but it's baseball, and it's on, and life is good, and I'm just soaking it up, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Is that how you are with basketball? I mean, are you a guy that's like, dude, I'll watch two teams play. I don't care who they are. Yeah, I, it it depends. I mean, as it gets later in the season, then, yeah, when, when it means something, um, I'm totally that way. And, you know, you want to know everything about the game, and I'll go back and Rewatch a game that had happened already, just because I want to. I want to act like I was in that moment. Sometimes I don't do it as much, but yeah, sometimes you know, there's there's that element of sports where you feel like, hey, I can just watch it at any given time. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, I'll sit my kids here and have them watch it with me, so it's all good. Right. Or even you know, we'll take in information. Of, it's not just that we'll watch them, but then we read the articles about the games and we read. You know, the people's comments on social media about the games, and it's like, dude, give me as much information as you possibly can about <laughs> whatever you're a fan of. And as we were talking through this this episode, we started to think about, is that the way that we approach the Bible? And before you turn us off, because I know right now you're thinking, like, yourself, oh, here oh, we go. On, no, man. no, you had me. I was hyped oh, with sports. Now dude, you... we're talking sports, and now you're going to— You got me. You hooked me. You Jesus juked me to the Bible. <laughs> uh, we were— ah. Uh, no, but before you shut us out and go, okay, this is just going to be about reading the Bible more. Yes, it is. Okay, like here it is up front. This is an episode about reading your Bible more. But it's not going to be about here's a bunch of tips and tricks to get you to read the Bible more. I want us to talk about, and Kellen and I are going to work through why that is and really what it reveals about our heart that we don't by default want more of the Bible than we do, that we satisfy ourselves with kind of checking the box. And so this episode isn't for you if or it, rather it is for you. Even if you're the guy that's, that's doing his daily Bible reading every single day, you are, you're checking the box, you're, you're hitting it, you're nailing it. Even if you've got the Bible memory app downloaded on your phone and you're using that, this episode's for you. It's also for you if you're sitting out there going, man, it's been a while since I've cracked the Bible open. Or, you know, I do maybe two days out of the week, but it's, it's hard for me to get any more than that. Because what we're talking about is not just reading, but we're talking about actually loving scripture, right? I mean, Kellen, yeah. you spend time invested in basketball games because you love the sport, right? right. Yeah. I spend time watching baseball because I, I love the sport. And the question for us is, do we love God's word to that extent? Yeah. 
Yeah, and even thinking about why why we spend time um, filling our heads with stats and all of this information that you know, by time by that time next week it's it's pointless, right? You you don't still carry it from three games ago. You got to get the next game, the next game, the next game, and we carry that information because we want to go share it. We want to go talk about it. We want to have the latest and greatest information so that when that water cooler conversation comes up, then we can have uh, we can feel like we're part of the conversation. We can feel like we have something to offer. Um, so we feel like it's necessary to do that. But yeah, as you just made that point, we don't take that same approach with God's word. We don't take that to say, hey, I got to have what's in the DBR, daily Bible reading, or I got to be able to read uh, what's in God's word because I'm, I'm ready to share it with somebody. I'm, I'm just ready for that conversation to come up. I'm looking for that conversation to where that can be the topic of discussion. Too often we use that, especially as men, we, we utilize sports as that. And then when we meet somebody that doesn't like sports, it's like, it's awkward. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to talk to you about. If you, what do you mean you don't watch playoffs? Like, wh- what are we supposed right. to do here? Right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's just on how we, that lens that we look at God's word and see how valuable it is for us today and how much of our life um, in our conversation it's going to be um, that helps us with studying his word. Right. So here's what we want to do. We're going to look at a few verses out of Psalm 19, four verses to be exact, seven through 10, and uh, or maybe 11 as well. But really, guys, we want to talk about this because it is so important for us. The, the Bible gives the greatest return on the investment of our time of any source of information that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth more of our time than any source of information out there. And Psalm 19 really helps us understand why that is. And so if you're sitting out there and maybe you're not sold yet, you're going, okay, I know that because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to. Okay, we want to get rid of the you're supposed to. Yeah, you are supposed to. But we want to provide the why mm-hmm. and help you to see the, the and, and cultivate a desire to be in the word more. Kellen, our first very first episode, we talked about what redeeming dead air, dead air, yeah. right? Those voids in your life when you've got that time that you're not expected to be on, or you are doing something that's kind of mindless, like taking a shower in the morning, getting dressed in the morning. And one of the questions that that has been convicting me recently is, man, PJ, how much of your dead air are you filling with God's word? Uh, versus just stuff like sports scores and, and things like that that don't matter. So we're going to talk about why you should be motivated to to invest more in the Word, not just read it, but love it, devour it, take it in, live in it, marinate it in it, dwell in it, uh, just give yourself over to the Scriptures uh, and why that is. So the first thing that we want to talk about, two things that we're going to talk about. Number one is what is the, the description of God's Word, and number two is the effect of God's Word. So in Psalm 19, we get these description, descriptive words that have to do with Scripture. Psalm 19, verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commandment of the Lord is pure. The fear of the Lord. It's a, still talking about Scripture here still, but the fear of the Lord is kind of one of the results of our, our time in the Word. The fear of the Lord is clean. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Mm-hmm. You just hear those words. Kellen, what else in life can we describe the same way as David describes the Bible right there? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. And that's where we see the just the, the passion and the, the zeal and that David has about God's Word. Uh, and, you know, I was reading a few biographies um, just on a few folks um, 
or church history folks. So you have, you know, John Wesley, you have George Whitfield, you have all, all of these um, older church historians and those people that we look back at and say um, these were people that love God's word and these were people that were all about it. And I mean, they're talking about, um, I think it was Whitfield that spent 40 to 60 hours preaching God's word a week. And you just think about the study that goes into, into that and, and reading it. And even, you know, David just loving God's word, just writing Psalms and Proverbs about God's word. Um, and why we, we don't have that um, is a question that we have to ask ourselves. But even thinking about that first line, it says it's, it's perfect. There's nothing else that we can say in this life is, is perfect. And even if you think about our culture nowadays, there's so much subjectivity about, well, I think this is right. I think this is right. I think this is right. And, and this is like we have God's word right here that comes right out of the gates and says the law of the Lord is perfect. Like that's what we need. We need that uh, that objective standard that uh, in life, just to be able to say, I can cling on to this, knowing that it doesn't come back void, knowing that it's always going to be perfect, knowing that there's not going to be somebody else that says, "Hey, I think this way," and then their way might be right as well. No, we have God's word, and we should cherish that and look at it as the only thing that's going to be perfect in this life, um, being right in the palms of our hand, and we can read, we can pull it up on our our tech. Um, technology devices and whatever that is we have that yeah absolutely and he goes on and also says it's sure right it's reliable it's faithful right it's going to be the same thing every single time that you come back to it it doesn't change it's going to be the the same word of god it's it's withstood the thousands of years and it's going to withstand if the lord waits to come back thousands of more years and it's never going to be found lacking he says the, the precepts of the Lord are right. Uh, Kellen, like you were talking about there, it's not uh, open to subjective interpretation. It's objective truth, right? Jesus in John 17 says, sanctify them, meaning the disciples. Sanctify them in, your, in the truth. Your word is truth. That's the ultimate standard for us. The commandment of the Lord is, is pure. The Bible is not adulterated by the opinions of man. The Bible is not tainted by a political point of view. The Bible is not tainted by uh, a, a background or an upbringing. It is God's breathed out words. It's his word, not the words of, of, of fallen man, but, but the words of God through the human authors that he chose to use. The, the fear of the Lord, it's, it's clean. Again, that purity. Mm -hmm. the, the rules are true and righteous. Repeating these similar concepts. But man, this is the description of God's word. Yeah. None of your sports teams measure up to that, right? right? None of your political talk show hosts measure up to that. None of your, you know, movies or entertainment, whatever it is that you, that's just easy for you to sit down and, and turn on and engage with, none of that can be described this way that, that David just described the Bible. And yet that's where we spend the majority of our time and the Bible gets the back seat. And you want to look at us and say, hey, get off me because I'm doing my daily Bible reading. I'm, right. I'm, I'm checking the, I'm fine. Because I spent five word, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes in the Word of God this morning, listening to it, yeah. And that even even that word in verse nine it says enduring forever, forever. And so you think about the time that you're spending in God's Word, the the what you're getting out of it, the wisdom that you're getting out of it, the ability for you to memorize Scripture and and all of those things. It, it endures forever. It's not going anywhere. And uh, we compared it to sports, but like I alluded to earlier. You can't tell me, you know, what happened in the second game of the season, whatever sport. 
uh, sports team that you follow um, this year because it, it's, it's gone. It doesn't mean anything. Like, even if you brought that to conversation, it's like, hey, you remember, you know, when the Lakers did this early in the season? It's like, well, it doesn't matter now. Playoffs are here. So <laughs> that gets us nowhere. What's great about God's word is it, it endures forever. So you think about, like you mentioned, from today on 10 years, 15 years, uh, through eternity, like it, 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 it's never going anywhere. Right, right, absolutely. Well, let's talk about what God's Word does. We talked about the character of God's Word, what it, what it is. It's, it's perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, true, righteous. Let's talk about some of what God's Word does, because I think that's another, and that's probably a big motivating factor for us. Man, if you're asking me to put down Twitter and pick up the Bible, Twitter gives me some information that's going to give me some relational capital with people, right? right? Twitter mm. keeps me informed with what's going on in the world so that I don't look like an idiot. Twitter... Um, yeah, it just entertains me when I see the the funny meme come across or whatever, right? Okay, Bible, what do you have for me, right? That's kind of the question that we have to answer because those are, whether we want to admit it or not, those are the the judgments that we're making. We're making value judgments when we choose to invest in one thing over another. And Mm -hmm. so often we're saying, okay, the Bible has a value of about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of my day. Mm. Um, Man, what is what does God's word do? What are we missing out on? Well, David says in Psalm nineteen seven, the Bible revives the soul, revives the soul. Kellen, let's let's talk about that for a minute. The picture of re- reviving, uh, to bring something back, right? Mm-hmm. To to restore life to something. How how should we understand that when it comes to the the, the word of God? Let's say. Man, I'm facing just a, a trial at work and I'm discouraged or let's say, you know, we've got men out there, I'm sure listening to this, battling depression right now. And God is saying, look, here is my word and my word revives the soul, brings life back to the soul. What does that practically look like for us? It, it, it brings us back to, to God, to Christ, to the purpose of us being here. The more and more we get away from God's word, then it's just like, you know, food. The more and more we get away from our last meal, the hungrier we get, the more desperate we get. Uh, it's the same way with God's Word. We get further and further away from that. We get closer and closer to our flesh and our fleshly desires because we're not reviving our soul with what's good, what's holy, what's pure. Um, and so, yeah, if we don't do that, then our natural default, our natural tendency is to do what our flesh desires, and we know that that's in opposition to what God's Word desires. Right, and it, it also is reviving because it reminds us of what's true, mm-hmm. right? It, it shifts my focus. It gets me off of the what's under the sun, yep. like the writer of Ecclesiastes, like Solomon says, and it shifts my gaze to what's over the sun, or the one over the sun, who's God, right? So, man, you're walking through a trial right now. You've just lost a job, or you're struggling with depression right now, and God's Word is such an important help for you because it's going to remind you of what Peter says, that we're strangers and aliens in this life and on this earth, and that there is a home that's being prepared for us. Like Jesus told his disciples, look, he said, I'm going away. And he knew that that was going to rock their world, but he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I leave, I'm going to come back for you, right? Those are our truths. Those are realities that revive the soul. Psalm 20, or Psalm, Revelation 21 where we read that there's going to be a day that we enter into a place where there's no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more tears, no more pain, mm-hmm. and no more sin, and we're going to be with Jesus. Man, that is reviving to our souls. Uh, Twitter doesn't do that for no. me, right? <laughs> if anything, <laughs> it, 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 off, it crushes way, me, yeah. right? Or whatever you're, you, whatever that, that thing is that you find it so easy to pick up and go to. Sports, 
you know, you live and die by whether or not your team goes out and wins a game or not. And if they don't, you're crushed when they lose, right? Or politics. You live and die by whether or not your guy's in office. And if your guy's not in office, then you're that 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 source of all all you're doing is just sitting there stewing and getting angry, right? And 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 how much better is God's word for us to take in and to marinate in? Next thing it says though is it also makes us wise, mm-hmm. right? And if there's one thing that uh, that man the world's wisdom doesn't do is make us wise where it counts, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And too oftentimes people I was sharing the gospel with somebody and he's like, "Well, oh, I feel like I need to know more. I just need to read." all these books and all this stuff. And, and really it's like God's word makes it simple. You either are in Christ or you're not. It's one or the other. There's not all these in-betweens. There's not, sure, is there a lot of studying that you can do? Absolutely. But again, uh, what the world will tell you is, you know, read all these books about self-help, read all these books about your life and read all these. And at the end of the day, yeah, God's word is very, it, it makes it simple. Is it easy to follow? No, absolutely. Because there's, there's a, a cost to following Christ as he uh, reminds us constantly throughout the New Testament, but it, it, it it's simple. It, it makes us wise by knowing what's in God's Word, knowing what's the purpose of this life and not getting caught up in all these distractions of everybody's opinion of what this life is about, which is not valid. Right, and it, it the writer, again, of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon says at the end of the book, as he as he wraps up, he says, the words of the wise are like goads. Now, a goad was a, an instrument that a shepherd carried that had spikes or nails embedded in the tip, and he would use that as a sheep began to wander off the path to give it a gentle love tap with those spikes to remind it, hey, that's not the direction you should be going, and it would redirect the sheep back onto the right path, right? Well, that's what Scripture does for us, man. It's goads in the hand of the Lord. In fact, Solomon says they're given by one shepherd, and that's an an allusion to God, and really we know from John 10, that's an allusion to Jesus Christ himself when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So we've got the word of God and the word of God is an intended instrument in the hands of the Lord through the spirit to really make us wise where it counts. Uh, You know, wisdom with regards to the stock market or what the latest digital currency coin is, that doesn't matter at the end of the day. It it may make you wealthy and make you rich and give you success here on earth. But, uh, you know, what, you've got 70 years? What does the Bible say? Maybe by, by reason of strength, 80. Right. But then it's done. And King Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, then, then what is all your wisdom worth? Well, it's, it's not worth anything. Right. But the Bible, if, if men, if we will invest in the Bible, it will make us wise where it counts and where it lasts. Kellen, like you said, cause it endures yeah. forever. Right. Next one is the precepts of the Lord are, are right. Rejoicing the heart. That's a, that's man. That's what I want. Yeah. That's my motivation right there. I want that joy that right now we look around this world and it's hard to find. Kellen, what does that look like for the, the Bible to rejoice our hearts? It brings us a joy, and, and as we keep talking about it, because it fixates our minds on on the then and there, what's to come, not resting in, man, we got to make this life perfect, because we know it's not going to be. It's that joy of knowing uh, the next life for us. and part God of, wins, yeah, right? He's going to win, regardless of what it looks like. And part of that is... Um, what we talked about a little bit earlier is, you know, the water cooler conversation of being excited about going to talk about sports is we need to be ex- have those people in our life that, you know, when we read God's word, we go talk about it. What do we get out of it? And that, that rejoicing comes out of that, too, where, you know, I can share what I learned out of Scripture today, and you might tell me something else, and it's just that rejoicing, that excitement that comes when, when God's word that you know, we can never exhaust it. We start to get more and more out of it, and God illuminates our our minds to see just His glory and much more wisdom um, 
that his word continues to offer, offer us. Right. And, and the only way, men, that this is going to really become that joy to you is by spending time with it. Uh, right? You can't just go to bed one night and say, okay, God, I want to wake up tomorrow morning and really rejoice in your word. And I just want to find joy in your word. I mean, think about whatever your main interest is, is and how much time you've spent in that. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my wife last night as the Rangers were no hit by a team. I saw that. That was tough. Dude, stop. I'd, we're not gonna. We're not talking about. It was details. headline. I'm like, oh, that's not a good that, headline. No, this is see, this is not rejoicing my soul right now. No, but to that point, I was talking to my wife, and I said, I, I said, man, I mean, I just, I have this gift to cheer for losing sports franchises, <laughs> not just teams, but franchises, like yeah. decades. And she looked at me as only a wife can do, and she said, well, then just find new teams. I said, I can't. I've heard that too. I yeah. can't do that because I've invested literally decades into following yeah. these teams. And that's why when they win, they're a joy to me because I've spent so much time investing in them. Right? When, when they win, yes. Right. <laughs> and man, whatever that is for you, whether that it is the world of, of politics and you find joy in a new article or you find joy in election season or because you, you're, you're crazy a little bit, um, or if that's the world of finances and you find joy in the stock market and whatever it is, whatever you're your bag is, your thing is, you've invested time into the pursuit of that in order to make that thing a joy for you. Well, man, if you want to to be able to benefit from what David's saying here, and you want the Bible to be a joy to you, you've got to invest time in it. And that goes beyond just simply saying, hey, I, I did the, the daily Bible reading this morning. Now let me get to everything else that interests me in life. Jeremiah the prophet says in Jeremiah 15, 16, He says, your words, God, were found and I ate them. I devoured your words. And he says, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. Men, is the word of God to you a joy and a delight of your heart? Um, and, And maybe you're out there going, okay, I need to read more, it, it, but but how does that not just become going through the motions too, just to read more? Or where do I start? Or how does this happen? And look, I, just just picking it up and just starting to read, not looking for a mystical aha revelation or experience, but just exposing yourself, giving yourself over to intentionally and disciplining yourself to to just spend more time reading, and and in prayer and asking for the Lord to cultivate this desire as you continue to, to pick up the Bible and read more or listen to more of God's word audibly, then over time, God is going to use that. Like Kellen alluded to earlier, the word of God doesn't come back void to him. God is going to use that and he's going to begin to cultivate an even greater hunger for you, right? We often talk about acquired tastes. Like I, I love watching my kids try coffee occasionally because they, <laughs> the, their face scrunches up and yeah. they're like, that's disgusting. And I remember trying a thimble full of coffee when I was like five or six. Yeah. And it was the worst thing. Yeah. Now I love it. Because why? Because I, I gave myself over to it and it was an acquired taste. Men, in a lot of ways, the Bible's an acquired taste. But that only is acquired through continually pursuing it and getting yourself into it. But it definitely does. It, it delights the, uh, the soul. It rejoices the heart, which is such a good thing. Uh, we talked about enlightening the eyes, again, kind of that idea of it, it making us wise. But let's get to, to verse 10 finally, Kellen. And this is the, this is the payoff, right? And this is the, the result that all of us are going to. Verse 10, he says, More to be desired is the word of God than gold. Right? more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold and sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. For by them, 
your servant is warned, and in keeping them, there's great reward. And uh, man, that's 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 the the motivation right there. Is we want to get to the place where we're desiring it more even than anything else in this world, more than our money, more than our wealth, more than our jobs, more than anything else. We want the Bible. We want God's word. It becomes sweet to us. That's that acquired taste idea there. And then in verse eleven, moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them, there's great reward. This isn't just an exercise in saying, "Well, I'm reading the Bible more so that I'll be able to get Pastor PJ and Kellen, Pastor Kellen, off my back as we're listening to uh, this podcast." No, there, there's the Word of God does something for us eternally. Kellen, what's it talking about in verse eleven? Yeah, the Word. It, 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 there's keeping in it. There's uh, treasure stored up. There's the, the, there's the ability for us to be able to go through this life and understand what God wants us to get out of it. And look, at the end of the day, uh, there's no way you're going to read God's Word and try to uh, fit it into what's happening in culture. God's Word is offensive to what is happening in culture, and we see that now. Uh, but understanding this and going back to to verses and passages like this, remembering that, again, it's not about the here and now. Like, you're going to go throughout life, if you're in God's Word, if you're living faithfully uh, by what God's Word is calling us to do, then it's it's not supposed to be an easy life. We're not supposed to be able to walk through this peacefully. And I think oftentimes we we try to, to blend that in. I even remember talking to um, a couple the other day, and they were just saying, yeah, they're, you know, they weren't Christians, but they were just saying, we, we like... Um, a lot of what God's Word says, but not all of it. And it's like, okay, because they want to blend in the sins and their fleshly desires with God. It doesn't work like that. And so if we're in God's Word and we're loving God's Word, we understand that our treasures are being stored up for us in heaven. And look, they, they can't be taken away there. Everything that we have in life today, whether it's finances, whether it's, uh, you know, your health and or whatever that you're putting time and investment into, it can be taken away in a heartbeat it, right away. But the good thing about what we're talking about here is it, it lasts forever. It's always going to be that. It's finer. It's better than gold. Anything that we have in this life that we feel is good, heaven's going to be that much better, uh, way better um, to where we can't even imagine it. And so God created all of this here on earth, any pleasure tempora- temporarily that we have. Just imagine what he's going to have in store for us for eternity. And that's what awaits for us. And that starts by being in God's word and knowing what he's calling us to do in this life. Absolutely. Well, man, we, we hope and pray that this has been an encouragement for you. In fact, you know, for me, Kellen, right now in, in front of you and on the podcast with everybody listening uh, to us right now, I'm going to have you watch. I'm, I'm deleting my Twitter app because it just eats too much of my time right now. So there you go. Kellen, you can attest. I just deleted my Twitter app from my phone, right? It says, are you sure? Pastor PJ, this is not. <laughs> you're our top. You're our top one. Please, we, please, please don't stay. do this. Please stay. We're, you're why we exist. It's done. It's no, done. but whatever it takes for you, man, to say, and now, man, I, I hope, and, and Kellen, you can hold me accountable to this as well. I hope every time I'm, I'm normally inclined to pick up my phone and look at Twitter, then maybe I'll pick up my phone and open up my Bible app mm-hmm. and read, even if that's five minutes, 10 minutes, getting those nuggets throughout the day, because that's where life is found, not in anything else this world offers us, uh, but it's found through God's word. And we want you men to be men saturated with the word, who love the word, who own the word. And don't treat the word like a lucky rabbit's foot. Don't think, man, I did my daily Bible reading this morning, so I'm good to go for the rest of the day. Uh, man, we, we, we need it always with us, right? It's like, we, we've got to have it with us. And, uh, and so, man, don't, don't leave it behind. Invest in it. Love it. 
as Isaiah said, or not Isaiah, Jeremiah said, devour the word of God. Um, we're going to be praying for you guys towards that end as you strive to be quality of God this morning.